as we look at this passage in chapter 15, verses 20 through 24, the Bible records in the Gospel of Luke, uh, and he arose and came to his father. But he... But when he was still a great far off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. This is God's holy word. God, we just thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for all that it means as we celebrate a Veterans Day. God, we just, we just honor you for having in your mind a way to protect this country and allowing us to be placed here through your providence. And God, as we've come today to celebrate homecoming, God, we just thank you that we can come home from time to time. So now, God, we ask that you would just be in the remainder of this service and whatever said and done, may you be glorified and your son magnified. And God, if there is one who doesn't have a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ, may this be a day that they call out to you and say, what must I do to be saved? And we'll give you praise, glory, and honor for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, if you'll bear with me for a few moments, I promise you the food will still be over there when we get there. Uh, when, we, when we look in this text, it's a very familiar passage for Bible readers and for those who grew up in church and even for those who've been saved for a few years and been involved in church for maybe even a couple years, you know this is a very familiar passage. As a matter of fact, it's a passage that that we can preach for a while. We could actually stay in this text. And, and if I had my way, I would probably stay in this text for the next four or five weeks. But, but we're going to give God his, his way. And today, I just want us to briefly look at this as we've been focusing on our one today. This is one of the passages where God shows us that he cares about the one. But we're going to go in a little different direction today. I hope you'll just bear with me and you'll, you'll see this. In, this in, the, in today's message, what we find as we're thinking about coming home. What we'll find in this text is that there is a father with two sons and he's approached by the younger son and it's believed that this younger son may be a older teenager or maybe even a young adult at this time. This son is asking for his father to share with him his share of the, his inheritance. Now, for most of us, we cringe at the audacity of a child asking for his inheritance, but this son does this, and to the surprise of most, the father complies with the son. 
He gives his son his share of the inheritance and his son leaves home. And before he knows it, he has quickly lost all that he had received on prodigal living. We see that this is titled in the heading, the prodigal son for a reason. And when we think about those words, the prodigal living, in other words, he had wasted his inheritance on trying to live an extravagant and lavish lifestyle. This young man spent everything he had and to make matters worse, there was a famine in the land in which he had went to. With this famine and no possessions or money, this young man's only option as a Jewish boy was to go to work for a man feeding his swine. If you do any study, we know that the Jewish people stayed away from pork meat. Oh, I'm so glad I weren't born in a Jewish family. And I'm so glad God has, God has cleansed everything to where if he's created it, it's okay to eat. And, and I'm glad we don't have those dietary laws right here around Robinson County. But this boy... In his day, it was, a, it was almost blasphemous for him to feed the swine. But to go further than that, he noticed what he was feeding the swine looked good enough for him to eat. He was in such a way, he was so hungry that he even contemplated eating what he was giving to the swine. Well, the scripture tells us that they never offered it to him. And as he is thinking about this, as he is fighting these hunger pains and he's dealing with the guilt of all that he has done, his mind comes back to him. He comes to himself and he remembers, my father has servants. And those servants get to eat all that they want. They're, they're taken care of much better than I am right now. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to plead for my father's forgiveness. I'm going to ask him just to let me be a servant. So this young man headed back home. Now when we look in verses 11 through 19, I'm so glad that we can always go back home. I'm so glad that home is a place where we'll find love and we can find grace and we can find mercy and we can even find forgiveness. However, there will come a day when our earthly home will no longer, uh, it will no longer exist. There's coming a day when everything on, that we know is going to be just taken away. But God, and I, I love that, but God in his infinite love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness has prepared for us a home that will last for all eternity. And those of us who are children of the one true God, we have an eternal home filled with an endless love, endless mercy, endless grace, and endless forgiveness. When we look in this text and this passage that we've read, I, I would like for us just to notice what is received when we come home. And the first thing we notice that we receive when we come home is nurture. Now, the Bible tells us that the father sees his son while his son is a, a great far off. This tells me that either the father wasn't working or even while he was working, he was still looking down the road for his son. That he had his mind and his heart on his son. 
Now, when the father sees the son, there's something he understands. And I need, I, I think we need to really understand this. Sometimes we're waiting for people to say something when what they do makes make so much more of an impact upon us. What he understood here when he sees his son is that his son has now left behind that country that he went running to. He not only had left that behind, but he had left behind that wasteful lifestyle in order so that he could come back home. So his son's demeanor was, was when he was walking down this road to come home was different than it was when he walked away. Uh, What he sees here is a son who is broken, a son who is humbled. He sees a son's repentance. And I I just think from time to time, we want to hear people's repentance, but, but I'm so glad God knows my heart. Aren't you glad he knows your heart? That even when we don't know to repent, when we've committed sins that, that we don't even realize we've committed, that God has already forgiven us. This son hasn't asked the thing, but his father comes running to him because he has forgiven him of what he had done. Out on his own, this young man found himself to be lonely and in need. And what he needed, he would only find at home. The Bible tells us that at the moment that his father sees him, he had compassion on him. The father ran to his son. He fell on his neck and he kissed him. This young man, he couldn't find this anywhere else in the world. He being dirty, broke, and hungry. If he had went anywhere else in the world, what he had have gotten was scoffed at. And not only would he have been scoffed at, he had been sent on his way. But the young man had a change of mind and a change of heart and his father saw this from afar off and because he did he received the nurture that he had been missing his father seemed to understand his role as a father and his role as a father we find that in Ephesians 6 and 4 when the Bible tells us and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up into training or the King James says in the nurture and admonition of the Lord His father hadn't forgotten. He had to nurture this boy. Do you remember when you were a child? Rambunctious and maybe even rebellious. When you were told not to jump the ditch, but you did anyway. When you were told not to pop a willy with your bike, but you did anyway. When you were told not to run, but you couldn't help yourself and you ran anyway. Do you remember falling and getting hurt? Knowing that you were going to be in trouble. I remember I remember hearing it from time to time. Boy, if once you get better, I'm going to kill you. You know what? Every once in a while we feel that way about our children but you know what we done we even we are we were afraid that our parents would kill us because we were hurt but what did we do we went home we needed nurture we needed somebody to wrap their arms around us and tell us it will be all right we needed compassion and we needed tenderness steve gold bronson stated forgiveness works like this no matter how many steps we take away from jesus it only takes one step to get back and he comes running I don't know where you are today, but I know this. If you are far from God, I want 
to assure you that you can come home. The enemy's been telling you that God doesn't want you and that God would only chastise you and push you away. But I assure you today that Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies. How do I know this? Because I once was far from God. I walked away from him and I believed in my heart and in my mind because Satan had bothered me for so long that God wanted nothing to do with me, that God wouldn't love me, God wouldn't save me, God wouldn't forgive me, but I'm so glad that he came by, sat down beside me one Sunday morning, called me son, and said that I love you, and I've never stopped loving you. Romans 8, 38 and 39 tells us, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing. That means you yourself, we cannot separate ourselves from the love of God. God loves you and he's calling you to himself. And because he's calling you to himself, if you'll step out in faith, like this father who ran to meet his son, God will run to you. He'll forgive you, and he can save you even before you'd get to an altar. Why don't you come to the nurture that you'll only find in this man, Jesus? But you know, when we look in this passage, you don't only find nurture, you find nourishment. When we come home, we can find nourishment. You know, some of you haven't been here in a while and you've come home for this service and we are so glad you are. And you know what? We got some nourishment for you. We want you to stay. I want to tell everybody that's in here, I want you to hear this from the pastor of this church. We invite you to stay and eat with us. We want you to eat. We want this food ate when we leave here today. So we're going to need your help. (laughs) The Bible tells us when we look in this passage in verse 23 that the father tells his servant. Now this is how we know we're going to get nourishment. The Bible tells us that the, the father tells his servant, bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. In other words, let us eat and be glad. (laughs) Have you ever eaten to where you were just glad you got to eat? You know, I'm not one of those, like my father growing up, he was one who ate to live. If you could give him a pill, he'd have never ate food. If that would have worked, he'd have never ate food. He just didn't like to eat. But now I'm not made of that. I got something different than that. As a matter of fact, he is the only one in his family like that. And so I don't know if it's my mother's side or my dad's side, but I like to eat. I like food. And, you know, it makes me glad to be able to eat. Here, his son had been so hungry that he was desiring the slop. Y'all remember that word around Fairmont, don't you? The slop that he was feeding the swine. In In that moment in time, the swine was eating better than he was. But he comes home, and right away he finds nourishment in the form of the fatted calf. In 1994... Iola and I got married. Yeah, we, this past week we celebrated 25 years. Can you believe she's put up with me that long? 25 years. Now, when we got married in 94, her, all 10 of her mother's siblings were alive. Now, y'all know how many children that was, don't you? 
All 10 of her mother's 11 children, just, just in case you're having a hard time with that. Uh, the oldest of the girls was Shirley. Shirley, she, she was the cook in the family. The 10 of the 11 children lived nearby. There's three of them, including Shirley, that lived in the house, in the home place. Furthest away was one who lived in Indian Trail. And what I noticed was that while there were only three who lived in the home, Shirley cooked as if there were 13, those 11 children and her mom and dad. Every day except Friday and Saturday. Every day she cooked as if there were 13 in the house. Now, you may be thinking that there was a lot of wasted food, but you'd be wrong. At some point throughout the day, some of those siblings, siblings, especially the ones who lived very close by, they would come by and before leaving, they'd sit down and eat. Those brothers and sisters understood that by going home, we can get some nourishment. If I go to the home place, if I go where I was reared, where, where we would go and meet mom and daddy, I can find food. Many of you know all about this. You know that when you go to your home place, if you're married or you've moved away, when you go back home, you can go into the refrigerator as you please. You can go look on the stove as you want. And if you look on the stove or in the refrigerator, you find something you want, you can help yourself to it. You understand what this means. But folks, I want to assure you today that Jesus is actually the bread of life. In John 6 and 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And he who, com he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Well, I I'm well aware that those of you who are here today who don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're hungry right now. I, I'm also aware that everything that this world is, is that you're tasting from the world, it does not, it does not, and it cannot fill you up. It cannot fill the hunger that you have. As a matter of fact, I'm sure you're thirsty because whenever I'm hungry, I'm also thirsty. And I'm sure you're thirsty right now. And I don't mean it like you young people are thinking right now. What I mean is you can't quench the thirst. Why? Because you're looking out into the world to find a way to quench this thirst but if you'll come to Jesus you'll find that he will fill your hunger and he will quench your thirst how do I know this because God breathed life into you and ever since the fallen man in the garden we've had a hunger and a thirst to be reconciled with God and the reconciliation is not coming from this world it will only come through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior John 14 and 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yes, if you go home, you'll find nourishment. Your home is not in this world. You're just a pilgrim passing through. But if you go home, you'll find the nourishment that you've been desiring. But last, I want us to see this, that when we come home, we not only receive nurture, we not only receive nourishment, but we receive a name. Now, the Bible tells us in verse 22 that the father said to his servants, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. By the father putting a robe, ring, and sandals on his son, he was stating to everyone that this was, in fact, his son. The robe signified to the servants that the young man, he wasn't a servant. He wasn't like them. He was a son. 
The ring would signify to anyone he'd come in contact with that he was the son and he had a father. In other words, attached to the robe and the ring was the father's name. And now the son had this robe and ring. So now he has the father's name and he belongs to his father. Stay with me. Just stay with me right here. I don't know why, but when I was a teenager, God revealed to me that whatever I did, my name would not be attached to it. The name that would be attached to what I'd done would be the name of my father and my mother. It wouldn't be Hilton who done this or that, but instead it would be that boy of Hurlton's or that boy of Flora's. So when God revealed this to me, I instinctively or instinctively became careful of what I did in public. Now, I was no angel. A long way from being an angel. <laughs> a very long way from being an angel. I was the typical teenager and I was the typical young adult, but I did become very careful in what I made public. You know, it, it wouldn't have mattered if it was just my name because people didn't know me. But it wasn't my name. Are you listening to me, young people? Some parents ought to be saying amen right now. You ought to have your child by the head and just turned it and face, facing me with these words right now. The name you carry is the name of your parents. It's the name they gave you. And all you do is attached to them and their name. Parents, listen to, young people, listen to me. Don't you dare carelessly produce a child and bring it into this world if you have no intentions of fulfilling your responsibility to that child because you've attached that child to your name. And everywhere the child goes, they're going to call your name. Proverbs 22 and 1 says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. But folks, I, you know, I love my dad's name. I, 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 I'm, I'm proud to be a Woodell. I really am. And I, I, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I'm a little proud to know that I'm related to the Deezes or, or one set of those Deezes in, in uh, Pembroke also. Uh, one set of them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, those aren't the greatest names I've been given. I was once a sinner. <laughs> But now I'm a Christian. And now I carry the name of my elder brother. And a name that he was given by our father. And I'm identified as a Christian. And as much as I hated the thought of, being, of bringing a reproach upon my dad's name, I more hate the thought of bringing a reproach of being identified as a Christian. Because I'm a Christian, I'm promised that when I get home, when this is not my home again, I've got a, a heavenly home. Where this earthly home, I'm just passing through. So I've got 
got a home where I'm going to receive a new name and, and one given by my heavenly father. It, you know, right here, if you would stand every human being on the face of the earth together and you yell out the name Hilton, there'd be several of us to stand. But I've got a name in glory that when my father calls my name, nobody else will stand except me. It's because it's my name and it belongs only to me. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can have this promise too. Revelation 2 and 17 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone. And on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus. Oh, you can come home today. I want to ask, are you ready to come home? Are you tired of wandering around searching for nurture and nourishment and a name that you're never going to find in this world? Aren't you tired of just being left to yourself? Aren't you ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and receive all that this world is not able to give you? You'll receive a nurture that's filled with love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. You'll receive nourishment that only the bread of life can provide. And you'll receive a name that only God can give you and he will give you if you belong to him. Aren't you ready to come home? Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that he died for our sins and he arose on the third day and then if you would confess him as your Lord and Savior you can be saved you must believe this with all your heart and you must be willing to serve him if you are all you have to do is talk with Jesus you don't need a preacher you don't need a church to get saved but if you get saved Find yourself a Bible-believing church, and I believe God will richly bless you.